Okay, so here we are again. Um, I'm here with Devin Runyons. Um, Devin, you want to say hi? Hello to the audience. <laughs> um, what do you want to talk about? Is there anything that you've been thinking about recently or doing or 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 making what's what's happening the past um month or maybe more than a month i've been teaching online oh how's that been it has been um quite fun trying to I'm starting, or I was supposed to be starting a new job teaching in a classroom, teaching grade one through eight music in person. And then the world flipped mm-hmm. a bit and it became teaching them in an online environment. Music? Music. Okay. Um, that's hard. It is. You, you said it was, you said it's been fun. Has it, has it been it's been hard. I mean, I'm assuming it's hard to teach a class. Is it like a full classroom of kids? It is smaller classrooms, but it's like 10 to 15 kids per class. Huh. Um, how does that, how does that work? So I've only done private lessons. Th- yeah. The, the dream of what it was before was people would sing we would sing like pop songs together um, and an ideal situation would be everyone could hear each other and I would play guitar and they would sing along with each other. But obviously that doesn't work. So it's partially a sing along with me for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also play recorder. So I've been experimenting with doing like call and response and that's cool because they can kind of lead some of that on their recorders. Um, hmm. and then you can kind of so, teach which is the other thing you can do right so you're teaching like music theory and stuff like that yeah yeah I would be interested hmm. to know if you have so, any advice or what you've been doing with music teaching well um, I've actually been working on a website slash book. Um, so far it's called the language of music. Um, I don't know if I'm not done yet, so I, I, this probably isn't very helpful, but it's, I've been thinking about what, what is the actual skill of being a musician and how do you learn it because it's not what most people think it's not like being good at an instrument i mean it's partly being good at an instrument but it's it's the the skills i'm interested is like how to play by ear how to jam with people and how to how to improvise 
and stuff like that, how to add harmonies to things if you're singing with people. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd be, are you, so are you teaching them music theory? Um, I've been doing my, my first attempt with the older grades is trying to do rhythmic dictations. Um, right. And my belief is that that is helpful if you want to like figure out how to play a song, you need to know how to write it down maybe in kind of the traditional sense. Yeah. So I've, I've just been working on the rhythm, the chapter in my book as, as well. And it's the way I think about learning rhythms is that like everyone has a kind of innate sense of rhythm, right? Like if you, if you clapped a rhythm to your kids, they could easily clap it back to you. Right. Mm -hmm. But they wouldn't be able to write it down necessarily. No. Yeah. Because they like, they have no idea like what, how to write it down what like what's an eighth note what's a quarter note all of these like intellectual ideas about what rhythm is but yeah something happens when you actually learn all that intellectual stuff i know a lot of people don't like learning it it's kind of boring (laughs) but i find that i find that once you do learn that kind of stuff, you, you can, you, you just you, like your natural sense of rhythm has limits, but once you understand the intellectual part of it, then you can, you can go beyond those limits that your, your natural sense of rhythm has. Um, but it takes a lot of work because your, your, your intellectual understanding has to catch up with your with your intuitive sense of rhythm yeah um i'm sure you're finding that with the with the kids you can definitely or i can definitely see them clapping it back and um seeing them try and figure it out i haven't taught them how to do rhythmic dictations i've just been seeing what they've been coming up with and so what what have they been coming up with a lot of like clapping it back themselves and trying to write it down um the most common thing is just counting how many times do i clap in the bar and then you know how could that possibly fill it up with x number of stems um so you haven't taught them how to write down rhythms you're just saying how would you write it down yeah, and saying it's only half hmm. notes, quarter notes, and eighth notes to start. Hmm. That's a cool idea. I sometimes I wonder if the 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 map that I've built of music in my head is different than other musicians' maps. I don't know if that makes sense. Do you have a way like that some, you would? Some, Write down a tune? 
Yeah, well, there's there's a way to write it down that so that other people understand it, but then there's also um, how I visualize it in my own head. Like if I, it's it's sometimes it's hard to notice, but like if I'm drumming, um, and visual visualizing what I'm drumming in my head, like I'm not visualizing sheet music with quarter notes and half notes and eighth notes and stuff. Um, I I think it's more like I'm visualizing a a ruler with like inches and and a half of an inch and a quarter of an inch and an eighth of an inch and a sixteenth of an inch. And so like the lines for an inch are the longest. And that would be the whole note. And the lines for the half an inch are are not as long. Like they, they're vertical lines, but they, the lines for half of an inch don't go as high. And that's the half note, like halfway through the bar. Hmm. And I, I'm zoomed in on like, like a tape measure. I'd be zoomed in like on one inch so I could only see like one bar at a time. That's That's... I mean, it's not exactly like that, but that's like kind of what I'm visualizing in my head. And is it is it similar? It sounds kind of like a bar. It yeah yeah it is it is kind of like a bar and, but it's like all of the rhythms are are there. It's just a matter of picking which ones to play. It's like if you had a bar full of 16th notes, but you just play some of them. Oh, okay. And so that creates the rhythm. So like, but but not all of them are equal. So the, the 16th notes that line up with the beat, like those are, in my in my brain, those are like bigger maybe. And then like the 16th note that's right after the beat is like, smaller because it's less common and it's like hard to hit that one um yeah i don't know do you have do you have like does that do you visualize rhythms in your head when you're when you're playing music um i don't think i do i've been trying to think about if i were playing a groove um what does it look like or what does it feel like and i don't know if i have an answer Hmm. What ha- what happens if you try to learn a difficult rhythm? Or have you have you done that <laughs> recently? I I know a lot of people probably don't do that very often. But. Um I was recently tapping my foot on the ground and someone pointed out the fact I guess it was both feet that I was doing like a one foot was doing 3 and the other foot was doing 4. Kind of um Okay. Rhythmic meshing, and I didn't. I had no idea what I was doing. It just felt right. Um, hmm. And I probably heard it somewhere before. Who who told you that one was doing three and one was doing four? Um, was it a musician? It was a musician. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you didn't know that you were doing that. No. I knew it sounded it just felt good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
cool um what about okay so what about um like melodies do you when you're singing a melody do you visualize any part of that melody or do you like what happens in your head when you do that uh, I don't think I visualize. I think I more so internalize in some way. Right. Um, and try and just feel it. I I tend to like simpler melodies and more just like warm, like kind of stationary ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I have this visualization capabilities that you do. Hmm. What about what like it, it, melodies go up and down, right? Mm-hmm. So what like what does up? I feel like up is a visualization. Like the sound isn't physically going up in space, right? So it's a note that is higher that i feel like that is that is a visualization in itself like this note is higher than another note and the melody goes up here and then it goes down there um so yeah i'm i think that's all i do when i visualize melodies except i visualize it goes up like to this note in the scale um we're going down a music theory rabbit hole here, <laughs> but it like, um, like in the scale, you have seven notes and then they repeat. Right. So mm-hmm. I visualize a melody. Like if you imagine the numbers, one is at the bottom and seven is at the top. And then above the seven is another one. And then it keeps repeating. So I, I kind of see like the song jumping up between the the different numbers for the, where the melody goes. I mean, I, I'm not actually visualizing that when I sing, but if I'm trying to figure out a, a difficult melody to sing, then that visualization kind of helps. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if you want yeah, to sing a so, harmony, maybe you just go to a different starting point usually and either match shape or yeah. counter shape. Yeah. So I I I've to do a harmony, I I look at what which note, which number the melody is on, and I go to a different number that I know the harmony will sound good with the melody. So if the melody's on the, the three, I'll sing a harmony that's on the five or something. Uh, yeah. I wonder if we could, I wonder if we could do some singing right now. (laughs) We could try. Um, okay. Let's try. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we, the rhythm will be off because there's a time lag because we're not in the same room. Yeah. But let's just sing some harmonies. So I'll sing a note, 
and then you sing a different note, and then I'll change my note, and then you can change your note, and we'll just hold the notes longer so the rhythm won't really matter. Okay. Are you up for this experiment? Yeah, it'll sound really good. Well, it'll take turns sounding good for each of us, probably. Yeah, let's see what happens. Okay. Uh... was interesting i i think i'm not sure how zencaster works which is what the program i'm using but we may or may not that may or may not sound good once i edit this together but we'll see <laughs> um yeah okay um i want to share that i've never been very good at singing harmony Mm -hmm. and it for me it almost feels wrong to sing a harmony and i guess in this case by harmony i mean something that like follows the melody structure but is just like harmonically different Mm -hmm. um i respect like different parts but something that's never clicked with me is just singing the like supporting harmony part in a song. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's odd because I I feel like I've heard you do that a number of times. I'm I'm trying quite... really hard when I do. Hmm. So was that what we just did? Was that weird or was that that was kind of different though? Because we're not really singing a song like the notes you so sang could have been. The melody. Yeah, I guess sometimes I have a hard time figuring that out. And I did feel slightly uncomfortable, but not as uncomfortable as I would have felt in like a full-fledged song. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so in my head, what, what was happening was... I I was kind of 
Yeah, I was I was analyzing the notes that we were singing. <laughs> so I started the, the note that I started with. I thought was would be the one which it ended up. It was the like the first note of a major scale. And then the note that you started on was the three. And then I can't remember what happened. Maybe I went to the five and then you went to the two and then I went to the six maybe I can't remember and then you went somewhere else I don't know there's a but I yeah that some something like that anyway um but it I don't know yeah that, that I guess that's part partly the skill I'm trying to teach people how to do by writing this book and turning it into a website. Um, but yeah, it's not. You don't have. I'm not saying everyone has to be able to do that. It's just. It's useful sometimes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I feel like we just did a, a pretty good podcast on music theory. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Do you want to talk about anything else? Um What have you thoughts? you've been writing is what you said? Yeah, writing this this book is that what you're referring to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, at this point, I, I'm kind of done writing it. I'm editing and trying to turn it into a website, which is a lot of work. Um. Yeah. I don't know. There's a stuff. You're, I guess you're not in uh, school right now. No. Or I, are you? I no. finished up teacher's college. I got to do the thing where I do. I did two weeks of classes online because the pandemic hit right when I was about mm-hmm. to be finishing up. Yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of in a transition state. Um, and haven't been enjoying the excuse to stay in a lot and just kind of ponder and kick my feet up and relax after having done that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you are better at teaching because you've completed teacher's college? I am better at making assessments i'm better okay. at should we talk about that or keep listing what's an things? assessment <laughs> um an assessment is usually or traditionally it's a test um, oh like test like a testing students and stuff like that. yeah okay so you're better at assessments which i had a nice kind of if you look at the curriculum there are expectations that students have to learn. Um, And the idea of a test is that it's like a perfect way to represent equally that they've done 
each of those expectations. And then if they have learned what they're supposed to have learned or gained the skills, then their test mark will represent kind of their ability with those expectations. Hmm. So what, what's, I mean, I know there's lots of talk about how testing is not a good thing to do in the first place. Um, did you talk about that at teacher's college? Definitely. Um, you want to push towards so, some sort of rich assessment? Let's, it, well, what is, yeah, what, what is, what are the thoughts out there that you encountered around whether or not assessment is a good thing or not? Assessment and is then good. Also, oh, what are your thoughts after that? <laughs> Maybe. All right. Um, tests are good because they are delivered in like a finite time. You have one period to complete a test. And then usually they're straight ahead to mark, grade, and then return. Um, the bad side is that um, they're not really... They're not really relevant for most subjects. I think math, you can make a pretty strong case because all the way to university, you just kind of write math tests and you get good at writing math tests. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want students to develop more creative skills or problem-solving skills, then a test can be a very volatile, inaccurate representation. Mm-hmm. So can you give me an example, like a test in, in like, I don't know, in an English test? Um, well, I've never looked at the English curriculum, but I could say one of the social sciences or like a history curriculum. Okay. The goal is for students to understand things like historical perspective and significance. So you could test them on, like you could give them an artifact and have them examine it and use the knowledge that they bring into the test to kind of describe what it is. Hmm. So maybe the, the, the curriculum, it, has specific goals where it lists what the students are supposed to be able to like the, the knowledge that they're supposed to have after completing this course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So what are you, what are your thoughts on that testing? I, and, and also the idea that we have to, have goals specific goals for a whole group of every single human who's 14 years old <laughs> um from the perspective of like the individual in the room who's just trying to get through a challenging job it's um helpful ah um, yeah but it's certainly not like 
When I think of the math curriculum, it definitely moves quite quickly. And there's a lot kind of that connects year to year. And you have to really push them through to get them to the end. Um, and then with the math curriculum, the end goal is just, can you figure out what calculus is by the end of four years of high school? Hmm. Which is a funny goal to have. What? Why is it? I mean... Can you talk, say more about that? Why is calculus a funny goal? Just because it's a very, it's a really academic kind of goal to get our students to understand. Um, mm -hmm. When people contrast, like, do we teach financial skills in math? And the answer is no, because it's not in the, it's not really in the curriculum. There are like applications that you kind of pull out of it and some moments where it's in the curriculum. But the curriculum brings you to calculus, which is like a university skill. Hmm. Or it's it's like, to me, calculus is just a tool set. So it's like, do you have the ability to, by the end of high school, to add, subtract, multiply, divide, take a derivative, and then later learn how to integrate? Okay, so I totally forget how to do calculus, even though I did the, the high school course on it. Um, but, yeah, it's, so that's what we've determined people need to know by the end of high school. Mm -hmm. That's That is very interesting to me. So when you're, you're not teaching math at this point, are you? I'm I'm teaching a little bit to grade five through eight. Grade five through eight. Okay, so that's a little a little bit more practical stuff. Yeah, we're doing decimals and percents. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if I have any more questions about that. Um, what do you think did, about What school? do I think? Yeah. Hmm. I think... I think school... I think so many people going through school are in this position where they have all these tests and assignments and because of all these tests and assignments they have they have all these goals that are imposed on them and they feel like they have to do well at these things because that's what the grown-ups are saying that they should do and so their motivation is to get good marks and make make the teachers happy and maybe get into college. But having lived for a number of years without going to school, I guess now it's been like six or seven years for me where I haven't been going to school. <laughs> it's like in real life, you have to have a better motivation than getting good marks and making the teachers happy like that doesn't exist in real life 
And I feel like in, in school, it would be great if there was some sort of encouragement to people for kids to find their own goals that they want and how can the teachers help them with those things and so what they're working on would end up actually being important to them and so they would work harder on it and it actually means something to them and then if they happen to need to know math in order to reach those goals, then they would probably learn it faster because they actually want to want to learn it. Um, and also, like maybe maybe they don't have their own goals and they're fine with with just um, whatever subjects their teachers think they sh- should learn. But even even then, it's like. Are you writing this history paper to get good marks or are you writing this history paper to learn about history? Um, uh, yeah, and I, yeah, that's, those are some of my thoughts. I'm sure you, you have similar thoughts. When I said that online schooling has been fun. It has been particularly fun because none of the grades count as much now as they did before. Hmm. And so I've been telling all the music students and we've been doing basically what you said. I've just been giving them like a document to fill out. That is, what goal do you have for your music this month? How are you going to accomplish that goal and how can I help you accomplish it? Hmm. And then that's cool just like weekly check-ins to see how they're going along. Um, and it's somewhat hmm. successful with like grade fives and grade sixes. Cool. So what, what kinds of goals do they have? Um, <clears throat> most of it is just, you know, learn how to play this song on my instrument. Some of them are taking up piano in the meantime, which is a cool... Um, or maybe even a better instrument to learn on your own time than playing the flute by yourself. Um, yeah. That's some cool. Some of them have been exploring um, garage band and doing compositions. Mm-hmm. What a, uh, yeah, another thing that I realized recently because I was reading a book where the characters were high school students and they got detention. Nice. Um, and I was like reading this after having, after being an adult, like if I imagine being in high school now and the teacher gave me detention, I'd be like, um, Oh, sorry. I'm not going to come to detention. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm just going to go home now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll like, you can't force me to <laughs> come to detention. I'm just a person. You're just a teacher. Like, bye. <laughs> but I remember being in high school and being so afraid of like the teachers and getting punished and all of those things. And 
I mean, not really, because I didn't really do anything wrong, but like getting sent to the principal's office was like this horrible thing. It's like, go to the principal's office. It's like, okay, but it's just a room (laughs) with a person in it. I mean, you could go there. You could also not go there. Just go home if you don't want to go there. It's true. Um, But I I don't know. Those dynamics are probably also different when you're teaching online. Um, You can't really send them to the principal's office anymore. No, it's... And they can, since they just log on to Zoom, they can just log off whenever they want to. Um. And again, parents are kind of turned to, if anything goes wrong, we just have to email them and they are, are like mm-hmm. disciplinary figures. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, how maybe some of this can, can transfer into real classrooms. Um, like you said, the fact that grades aren't as important now. Is that like, is that like a, that came from like the government? Like they said during the pandemic, grades don't matter as much or is it like, how does that work? The, the public schools are doing it that if you want your grade you can just be from whatever it was before the March break, which was when the pandemic hit. And then if you want your grade to go up, then you can do the work. Okay. So grades don't go down after that. Yeah. Hmm. I read a book once. Have, have you, oh, I forget who it was by. Um, it's about this teacher who teaches like advanced conducting and orchestra stuff at like Juilliard or something. And he said, um, one of his classes, he gives everyone an A, no matter, as long as they, at the beginning of the course, dis- write down and describe why they got an A. Like, they imagine it's the end of the course and write down why you got an A. I thought that was an interesting thing. It's a lot like the thing you're doing with the writing down goals. It's like as long as as long as you write down a goal and at least try to achieve it, then you get an A. And it's <laughs> only try. Like a... Well, yeah, I mean I I've you, you can fail. You can fail. I I think you can fail at a goal and still learn a lot and still be worthy of going to the next grade in your schooling i think mm-hmm. but i don't know i'm not i'm not a <laughs> i don't have to deal with an entire education system here so I, I i shouldn't be preaching too much they're not bad thoughts <laughs> yeah okay well I think we recorded two podcasts today. Do we have to do our second introduction? No. <laughs> no, no. 
Maybe I'll just keep it into one because we kind of talked about music the whole time. Kind of education and teaching and um yeah i don't know who knows how do you feel do you want to you are you good to like upload this or bits of this yeah i trust your judgment trust my judgment okay i'm generally i generally just upload without I, I, if it's, if I feel it's not very good, I might just upload it and not tell anyone like I've done for yeah <laughs> most, most of my podcast episodes and they have like one or two views or something. Did you come up with okay. like a, a catchphrase to end it with? Oh no, I was going to come up with a final question to end my podcast when i have a guest like a like a some kind of silly question um or maybe it doesn't have to be silly how about <laughs> here's an interesting one so let's say let's say the year year 2020 is is like a class for everyone but everyone gets an A. Um, so Devin, could you tell me, imagine it's 2021. <laughs> okay. Why did you get an A in 2020? It's a good question. I got an A in 2020. Because I started something new. Mm hmm. You can leave it at that or you can elaborate. Uh, I've been. I've been trying to do yoga. I've been trying to write more. I think I need to maybe lock in something and start doing it. That's worthy of an A, I would say. All right. I think that's a good question. I think I'll maybe I'll end all of my podcasts with that question. That's a pretty good question. Um, okay, I, I'm going to stop recording now. So thanks for being here. Bye bye.